Today on Krina and Kirsten Get to Work, we're talking about self-sabotage. You know, when you get in your own way, trip yourself up. Screw things up for yourself. Let's let's figure out how not to do that. Let's not do that, people. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Krina and Kirsten Get to Work. I'm Krina Hoyer. And I'm Kirsten Barron. And we're so happy you have joined us today to woot talk woot. about yourself and how you might be screwing things up for yourself. <laughs> 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 Just like the rest of us. Oh my God. Doing the research for this show has like, it. just like always, it's like, of course I needed to read this stuff. Of Isn't course it I weird? needed the mirror. Like someone held up a mirror to my face and said, look, just look at this, Krina. Look at just this look at what you are doing to look yourself. Look at this sabotage. And I cannot wait to uh, talk through this so that you, listener, can also feel just... Like it's in your mirror. Like, like you're in the mirror. <laughs> like you're looking in the mirror. And why are we doing this? Why do we want to talk about this, Kirsten? I will tell you why. Tell it's, me why. It's because we want ease... Oh my gosh. And meaning. meaning. Oh mm-hmm. yes. And, and some, what is it? Joy. And some joy, friends. Just some joy for you ladies. For all of the women out there um, who listen to the show and for the dudes, but I'm going to say I'm speaking to the ladies. And we are recording this episode and all episodes, frankly, from the land of the Coast Salish people. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Did you see how I folded all of that in? Lovely. It's my, I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm rolling you with really it. You really did because get it I, all in. This is like episode number 92. Two, I think. We're getting our groove, friend. I think we've been at it long enough. To get Clearly our groove. we've been at it long enough that I can weave in an intro and a land acknowledgement into a sentence. Nice. I know. That's mm-hmm. where I'm at. Um, okay, but before we start recording about self-sabotage, can I just tell you, I have to say something to our listener. Recently, I had somebody say to me, Krina, are you kidding me? You have never had a mammogram or a colonoscopy. Mm. What is your problem? Mm. I love you. I and I I am going to I am going to hound you until you make those appointments. Mm. And her name is Alicia if she's listening. She's an old friend of mine. Thanks. Her. Thanks Alicia. I've actually known Alicia like since kindergarten. And um I actually saw a meme, by the way, that uh, on Facebook or something that was a woman who had like hair ratted out, crazy '80s hair, mm-hmm. and you know, crazy '80s makeup, and it said, "If you had high hair like this in high school, it's time for a colonoscopy." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh <laughs> shit, that's me." So Alicia made me do it. I resisted. I'm not gonna lie. I was very scared. I just decided. I don't know why. I didn't want to do it, and I did. I did it, Kirsten. Good for you. I did both. Good I for did you. Both. I did my cancer screenings and I came back clear. And I will tell you, I, was, I had a lot of anxiety about it. But doesn't it feel now that it's over? Yeah. Now that it's over and I don't have to do another colonoscopy for 10 years, which is which awesome. Is amazing. Which I didn't realize. I didn't know you could. Anyway. I didn't know that was the thing. Yeah. I don't have to do another for 10 years because I got a colon of like a 30 year old apparently. That's, but good to have a whistle clean colon but, like that. <laughs> but I, the, the reason I bring it up is to, for two reasons. One, I want, I want, if you're sitting out there worried, just listener, please just do it. Just schedule it. And if you're not thinking about it, start thinking start about thinking it about and just it. do it. You don't have to worry. Yeah. Like, I don't worry when I go. I don't have any of that anxiety. I'm just like, oh, it's like getting my teeth cleaned. Yeah. 
right? And I often, as I've joked about this, I see a colonoscopy as like a day at the spa. I know that's <laughs> super messed up, right? But I'm like, ooh, I get to like kind of be home all day and just kind of relax. And then I do the whole thing and I finish up. But it's like I've been at the spa. I'm all skinny and I feel real good. And I know that's a little sick, but it's true. Well, if it's anything, I'm saying anything to psych yourself up and do it, even if you have to pretend you're at the spa, that's fine. But I also think that if you're like Kirsten or, super expensive or my friend Alicia, <laughs> and you're all in with these things we gotta do it we gotta i think that's also part of friendship is yes. forcing your friends to do things they don't want to do no i was I even say force, you say force, force your friends you to do force. shit they don't want to do I'm like, support people <laughs> to you know and these good things caring for themselves taking care of themselves yeah it's yeah. true yeah. so please let me know if you need someone to force you i will email you just email me at you get to work at gmail.com if you I want will... force email krina if you want support email me <laughs> we will make sure that this happens for you <laughs> And I'm sure my saboteur, I'm sure I was self-sabotaging my, I didn't even think about the tie into this episode. Yes, until I didn't either. I just, but I'm sure my avoidance was some sort of sabotage. You know, self-sabotage. Because mm -hmm. if I had Because you're listening problem, to your fear. Yeah, I was listening to my fear. Mm -hmm. But if I had had a problem that they found, I could have, my likelihood of having it, you know, treated is higher like I would yeah, the anyway. earlier you do it yeah yeah thank you for helping which me is work a great reminder for us is to just take care of that stuff for ourselves for people that we love for all the reasons right right yes yeah and frankly and for really all of society frankly because when we take care of those things early <laughs> like not everybody else has to deal with that stuff I love this about you yes like you really are you just got a million I do all the way up to for the for the good of the for all for the good of the world friends. your colonoscopy is actually <laughs> serving the planet so would you mind in some small way it is it is yeah. in some big way and it's gonna be like you went to the spa afterwards yeah you're gonna feel good but it, here's the deal and it, and I think it is interesting, though. Why did I not want to do it? And it is because I had told myself some story that was likely untrue. And it really does kind of bring us to this self-sabotage, mm -hmm. which is kind of by definition, when you undermine your own goals, when you undermine your values. I value health. Why wouldn't I go get these mm -hmm. things done? When you undermine your wants and desires. And um, either consciously or unconsciously, right? When you act, when your behavior is counter to the very things that you want in the, your life and in the world. Yes. That is self-sabotage. Yep. And Kirsten, as much as I want to tie it to my colonoscopy, because I apparently love talking about it, you're the one who wanted it. You're the one who brought this up. Well, I had a very, very dear friend call me and say, why do I always self, why do I always sabotage my own self-care? Right. Mm -hmm. And I know this person very well and known her for a very long time. And she does a lot for other people all the time. And so my response to her was, OK, I think you self-sabotage because you're meeting everybody else's needs. Mm -hmm. Right. And part of taking care of yourself is to kind of rebel against the world. Mm -hmm. Right. Rebel against the expectations. Even if it means... Right. Someone else's needs aren't being Yes, met. it's back to the Adra Lord, right? That, you know, self-care requires a revolution. It is an active revolution. Yeah. But then after I said that to her, which I think, I hope it was helpful. It was brilliant, I'm sure. I, I'm sure I, she was I, I so know, anything. But I was just yeah. like, yeah. But for her, I was like, you got to buck all that stuff, friend. But it got me thinking. 
about, wait a minute, why is it that we do stuff? Sure, there's this social overlay Mm -hmm. that presses against our desire, wants, needs to care for ourselves. But there's also something happening inside personally that feels like we have more control over, which is why I got interested. I'm like, what is it that we can do personally about the ways we sabotage ourselves. Mm-hmm. First thing is to dig in, learn more. Right. So you, what well, you were just saying in that example, I want to make sure I understand you, your initial thought was, look, society puts these things on us. And of course you feel like that. Mm-hmm. Of course there's, you know, you struggle to care for yourself because you're told as a woman, you, you need, need to, to be care for your dad and your kids and your husband and your community and right. all the people at work that you're responsible to. Right. Mm-hmm. But upon further reflection, you're thinking, wait a minute. Yeah. All of that society stuff is out there, but there are things inside of you yeah, I'm like, that let's you dig in that you likely have control mm-hmm. over that may impact this as well. I didn't realize that you had made that leap. I just, I I love that. I actually really love that because it is tied into what we're talking about pretty much. I I would say in this whole series, we just did an episode on performance anxiety On performance anxiety, which is not about the bedroom. Ladies, we already covered that. Despite the Google searches we did. Okay. So go listen to that one if you haven't. And then, you know, self-sabotage. I think next we're going to talk about imposter syndrome. It's all these like things that internally where we can we do to ourselves unconsciously or consciously, or consciously sometimes Mm -hmm. that kind of get in the way of ease, meaning and joy. Mm -hmm. Um, But I hadn't made that connection. So I'm glad you told that story. What did your friend? I think I know who it is, but I won't use her name. What did your friend how did she take your advice? Oh, she had to go really quick because she had to be somewhere for somebody. <laughs> she was like, yeah, yeah, KB, great. <laughs> Thanks so okay, much. Okay, I got to go. Thanks so much. Oh, my but God. let's talk a little bit about what self-sabotage looks like. Yeah. Okay? And, I mean, let's and let's just focus in on work. Sure. Because we do it everywhere. Yeah. It's not just at work, but let's focus in on work. Yeah. So you don't ask for a raise because you think you're asking for too much. Sure. Right? So, okay. Mm-hmm. You don't apply for a job because you don't think you're going to get it. You miss an interview because you're convinced that you're not going to get it. You're not worth it. Or you just forget it. Mm -hmm. And you have no idea why you forgot it. I had a woman recently who I thought I was going to be hiring for a position. And um, I invited her for a second interview and I was pretty psyched on it. And they're just, there were kind of like barriers or something. We had to reschedule it four times. Oh, wow. Legitimate things came up and she couldn't make it. I mean, legitimate things like health related or transportation related things. And finally she just pulled out. She's like, I don't think I can do it. And I wonder now, Mm -hmm. it wasn't like, I don't think I can do the job. It was more like, I'm clearly struggling and I I don't think, you know, I don't want to lay this on you. And I was thinking, I wonder how much of those things that I thought were legitimate reasons to miss the interviews were actually self-sabotage. Oh, absolutely. And maybe maybe she's getting to consciousness when she pulls out and says, I don't know what's going on here. I got to get out of here. But, oh, I absolutely think that. Yeah. I mean, one thing is, whoops, four things? Mm, yeah. Something going on. Something yeah, going on. It's interesting. I think other examples are things like I've done this before. Like, I stay up late. I think I talked about this in yes, a previous episode. you did. Where I just, like, I'm sitting there zoning yeah, out on my exactly phone what and you're avoiding say. the thing that's <laughs> sitting it, in my... Yeah, I, I have heard the word doom scrolling before, but I had not really 
had somebody use it until you were talking about that. Yeah. And yeah. I, yeah, yeah. Sitting there just doom scrolling mm-hmm. news, Instagram, Facebook, stock market, sp- podcast statistics. Hello, Michigan. Um, you know, blah, 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 blah right. Yeah. Seeing who's listening, where downloading instead of getting to the thing. Cause you're distracting yourself from your anxiety. Right. Because I, because I don't, yeah, because this thing over here is hard and I want to avoid it. So you're going to create some more anxiety over here, which is really self-sabotaging. That is self-sabotaging. Right? It's not like you went for a wonderful walk or, you know, hung out with a friend. It's like you doom scrolled. So you self-sabotage or something that made you feel even worse. Yeah, exactly. So you didn't do what you were supposed to do and then you felt like shit. I think people do this kind of thing with food too. And I know that we're talking about work, but I I can see myself doing this sometimes too. Like I do this with food at work. (laughs) (laughs) I do. Okay. We can tie this into with with food at work. And this is exactly where I do it. But just like, yeah. uh, Like you already had one, like, I I don't know. uh, You know, I ate some, let's just say the skinny pop popcorn that happens to be purchased in bulk under your desk. Let's just say it might be that. But, you know, it's like you eat one cookie and you're like, well, I already had one, so I might as well eat six. And and that, too, is just like, that's totally I don't know how to counter- handle, I don't know how to solve this problem, so I'm going to eat some popcorn. Yeah, exactly. There we go. That's uh-huh, what I that, do. There it is. Um, uh, Which uh, is great once. It's great once. Maybe not four <laughs> times. Maybe not four times, I'm just going to say. Sometimes I feel like I just shove my problems down deep and cover them up with Food. With skinny pop popcorn, no, that's mine. That is self-sabotage at work. Um, other ones, maybe like you're somebody who takes on more than they can possibly do in a day. Sound familiar? Yes. So that you don't disappoint people or mm-hmm. so that you create some kind of an achievement or some kind of success. And, and then there's the whole popcorn thing that comes after. Right. And yeah. it's these are all things that you can justify. Mm-hmm. You truly can justify. Well, I, di- I, you know, I did these things because of this whatever legitimate reason you think is true. But honestly, it's a lot of this stuff comes back to self-sabotage and why, and and this whole reason why we do it. Why is it that we do it? Why do we do it? And again, it's the patterns. It's the stories that we tell ourselves that we believe to be true. I read somewhere. It's like the lens that we see the world through which we see the world that we, that we are, that we don't realize we're looking through. Mm Mm-hmm. And so you, I like to refer to them as the grooves of the record player in our brain that we do not realize that the needle cannot get out of. Yeah. They just play the same tune over and over again. Somebody talk about somebody I know talks about putting playing tapes. Mm. They play the you know they play tapes yeah. of their whatever the Those way eight they track, yeah eight track, track tapes or the <laughs> what were they called VSH VSH tapes VHS tapes VHS tapes VHS that's tapes. a video. That's what I mean. They play the video over and over again. Whatever it is, however you choose to characterize this, it is about continuing to tell yourself some story. Yeah. And then acting as though that story were true. Mm -hmm. And according to... Which it may have been true at one time. Yeah. It may even be true today. It's probably just not true in all of the places you bring it. Right. Right. We just bring it to too many places. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And we, uh, Kirsten, you turned me on to a great website called um, Positive Intelligence. I want to talk a little bit about that. um, Or I want you to talk a little bit about that if you don't mind. But if you but I want to kind of quote what this guy ends up saying, ended up what I ended up reading, which is that why we self-sabotage is really because we are using, like you said, those patterns or those grooves or those VHS tapes. Dear God, can we date ourselves anymore? Mm -hmm. We could have at least said DVDs. 
but we, we say it's the Netflix. No, I'm just joking. But it, it's the pattern or the tape that you play in or that is likely developed in early childhood and into your 20s. And that was news to me mm-hmm. that we write these tapes in our brain or these stories in our brain all the way up into the time you're right around early 20s. Which, 20. of course, is really interesting because this is when all your brain development is happening. That's right. Right? I mean, we know that brain development continues, you know, through our life. Our brain changes through our life in different ways. But our maturation as a human occurs until your mid to kind of later 20s. Yeah. Right? So yeah. it's interesting to me that all of these... All these tracks mm-hmm. are laid down during this mm-hmm. period. Makes mm-hmm. total sense. It makes total sense. Mm-hmm. And then you, the, and 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 biologically or evolutionarily, that 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 also makes sense. You are trying to figure out how to make sense of the world, how to stay safe, how to get your needs met, etc. And we develop these patterns. And then when you apply them in your forties and fifties or sixty, whatever, when you're older, and frankly, even when you're younger, those those stories that you developed in your head when you were younger, like you said, that I'm repeating, mm-hmm. I'm doing it again. I'm no, saying I think, the same thing. No, I think that's exactly no. You're. I think you've brought us to that kind of the conclusion of this part of the episode, which is. <laughs> <laughs> Thank that you. Is, that is when this happens, right? And so that is a just a really great thing to remember. Mm-hmm. This is a story that I've created from when I was five, right, or fifteen, yeah, or whatever it was. And this does not just have to be your family of origin, like that can be a how that some of these, you know ineffectives I'll call them develop but it can be from also traumatic events Mm -hmm. it can be from all kinds of things so it's not this is not always about oh my family right yeah um not to say that there's not plenty of that there's a lot of shit at least that's what my kids tell me (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so and well how does this manifest itself you know know, confidence lack of lack of confidence lack of worthiness a fear of change a desire for familiarity control control you know um overachieving yeah um stridency or perfection yeah or underperformance or under yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. um avoidance Mm -hmm. um you know, chaos, whether you like accept a chaos or don't accept chaos, all of these things truly are places or things that can get in the way, undermine the very things that you want in your life. Again, sabotage you know what, Annie, yourself. And Anne Lamont refers to this thing in one of her books called KFKD. It's K, you know. FKD, you know what that is, right? <laughs> That's her radio station. And she talks, yeah, she talks about how it plays in her head. And I love that image because these are things that play in our head as like background noise or yeah. whatever that we're not fully aware of. I also just want to footnote that for women, mm-hmm. okay, we talked about that societal overlay in the beginning, and I'm going to just dip into it again because there, women, we do have these, there are these societal expectations that we, um, are soft-spoken, that we are modest, that we are relational, Mm -hmm. that we want to do for others, all of those things. And that also, as I said in the beginning, is part of what feeds into the self-sabotage. I want to talk a little bit more about that. For me, those weren't necessary. I I know. You don't really struggle with those very much. Well, I may have early on. And I never really got into the good girl trap, which I think other women 
um, also oh, totally. experience yes. and or kind I will of speak for myself this anyway. need, this d- different relationship to feedback and approval mm-hmm. that I don't think men necessarily struggle with. Um, I think women also, you know, don't, don't speak up or whatnot. Those are social, con- those are the function of the social construct that we mm-hmm. live within. But how, tell me how they contribute to self-sabotage. Is it because we tell ourselves that women are gentle and kind and therefore we don't speak up? Is it because we tell ourselves that good girls... That we are hanging on to some image of what we think we're supposed to be to the detriment of ourselves and damaging ourselves. Like Mm -hmm. we don't speak up when we need something and we end up not getting a need met or really suffering. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to just come back to that for a minute just to remind us that it's not... This is this is this other overlay. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just your own personal work. You're also doing that work within Mm -hmm. this larger construct. And it's interesting, too, because as women, we don't well, no, as people, we don't have as much control, like you said at the beginning of the show, over that big society stuff that's 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 a big bundle we do have control over what's going on inside yeah but i will say the one thing we do have control over is how the big society stuff that we have control over is how what we expect of other women i mean that's kind of one of my challenges to everyone out there is as you're also doing this exploration of yourselves challenge what you expect of other women yes because we that's a good point karina we do have control over that we do have control over that what what expectations we put on other women yeah yeah that's great which i've been noticing as a side note i've been noticing i actually was reading a new york times article recently about how many biases are you up against I actually think I'm going to send you this article and maybe I'll post it on our social media or something but it really talked about how many different biases women are up against and and how and and it and it struck me that I I do that I do this shit to other women mm. so anyway I think that's the framework that I'm coming from Great, and, great tangent. Little segue there. Great tangent, Brian. You, you ready tangent. to get back yeah. on the freeway back, here? Back, let's get back me. on let's the self-sabotage freeway. Yeah. Although that's a good one too. So I do want to say like this requires that we know how we feel. Yeah. Right. It requires that we know how we feel, understand what we want. And we can't even recognize that we've sabotaged ourselves if we're not aware what we want. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Right. So this whole awareness thing, you yeah. keep coming back to that, you know, self-knowledge, self-awareness, um, honoring your preferences. I love that. Honoring your preferences. Thank you, Jody. Um, anyway, so now let's get to kind of the fun part of the episode. Are you kidding me? That was fun before. It, it was harder. It's harder to look at those things. <laughs> hard to look how we mess with ourselves and I mean you know the world is hard enough as it is right and it's hard to look at like what we do to ourselves which is so like you know like self-flagellation self-flagellation right like punishing ourselves or hurting ourselves like there's enough to get in our way out there that we don't have control over so let's get control over this stuff I do think it is difficult the difficult part for me is realizing that the things that I am experiencing are possibly at the hand at, at my doing my doing the way I'm experiencing things mm. or the things that I'm choosing or the things that I believe to be true about the world are a function of my own self. Yes. That is the hard part for me. That is the I, hard and part. that it requires constant reminder. But once you get to that place, you know, again, you can say, okay, great. Now what? 
What do I do about it? What do we do about that? Well, here is the deal. You mentioned this in the very beginning, Positive Intelligence, which is a website, www.positiveintelligence.com. And it's this professor from Stanford, Shirzad Charmine, and he has created this amazing system Mm -hmm. to deal with our saboteur. Yeah. Okay. So first of all, he says, we have a sage and we have a saboteur in our minds. Yeah. Okay, we know who the saboteur is. They're the voices that generate the negative emotions about how we handle things. They're in our brain, literally. Yeah. Our limbic system. And he has um, identified through MRI that they primarily, that our negative feelings, these feelings of anxiety, stress, anger, guilt, whatever those are, frustration, all that shatter in our brains lives on the left side of our brain and deep in our limbic system. That is very so phenomenal primitive. to me, right? Like they must have done studies. I don't read about this, but they must have done studies to like make people feel like shit about themselves exactly. and then watched what happened exactly. in their brain. Exactly. I'm going to make you experience anxiety <laughs> and self-doubt and then I'm going to watch the blood move Ooh, around in the left side of your brain. Right up in the left side. Yes. Okay. Yes. And then we have the sage. The sage. Which is also visible in your brain. Right? Yes. The sage is also visible in your brain. So the sage lives in a different part of your brain called the middle prefrontal cortex. And it's the and the empathy circuitry and also a little bit in the right side of your brain, which is where more of your creativity is. And so Mm -hmm. when you are when your sage is in the driver's seat, then these parts of your brain, the the blood is moving and more active in these parts of your brain. And therefore you are empathetic yeah compassionate yeah curious Mm -hmm. joyful calm clear-headed creative right yes that is crazy to me that that when you tap into the sage sage according to yeah when you tap into the saboteur when you tap into those stories that aren't serving Mm -hmm. you and forcing you to act a certain way you're, and I'm you're tapping in- into stress and anxiety and self-doubt and am- anger and shame and guilt. Yes. And when you're tapping into your sage, the parts of your self that are like more problem solving and proactive and positive emotions and, and et cetera, you're also tapping into your creativity and your clear headedness and your ability to think and feel good. And here's this other juice. side emotion of the uh, other side benefit of this, which is when you tap into the sage those parts of your brain, you actually release endorphins mm-hmm. that counter the negative impacts of the cortisol that we produce during stress. Yes. Okay. So Shirzad has this wonderful brain science, right? He can watch it happening in your brain by watching the blood flow on an MRI. It's amazing. It is crazy. Okay. And I love the way he has created this, I don't know, paradigm system, whatever you want to call it, of the sage and the saboteur, Mm -hmm. because that's really easy for me to, like, understand. It's really simple. You you like simple things. You know, I love simple. So when I'm feeling bad, whatever that might be, I can call on my sage and say, you feel bad. Where's the sage? Pony up now. Right. And then go through a process to put my sage in the driver's seat as opposed to the saboteur. Right. And he's saying, yeah, that if you can do this, if you can understand what, spe- what what your specific saboteurs are, 
then you can counteract those more effectively with your sage. Yep. And the the reason we are uh, sound like we're experts on this is because we took the test. We took the test, and we, we identified our. You know, we love tests. We identified our saboteurs, which is a really what is. And I will say, spoiler alert. They're uh, they're totally opposite. I, I will reiterate what I said in a previous episode that me plus Kirsten equals a complete brain because her <laughs> <laughs> saboteurs, the stories she tells herself are totally different than the stories I tell them. My, our saboteurs have never, their, their paths have never crossed. Our saboteurs have never met. <laughs> oh, they've met. Just, but yeah, they, just... they never link arms and go walking down a path together. <laughs> Your saboteurs over here yipping at you, and I'm like, yeah, wait, what? That does not make any sense to me. That's and, weird. And Kirsten, I will you tell you the way I interpret certain situations. And you're like, um, actually, I think, <laughs> right? It's because yes. we the stories that we tell each ourselves are quite different. Are quite different, and that is also the beautiful thing about this. So, first of all, take the test. Pull over, turn this podcast off for a second, and go take the test, and then you will get a report that just that that distills this stuff down for you. It's very, very interesting. He has identified 10 kind of saboteurs yeah. that we that we have. Avoider, controller, hyperachiever, hyperrational. Stickler. Hyper, hyper vigilant, <laughs> pleaser. Pleaser, I don't know anything about that. Oh, Victim, no. mm -hmm. restless. Okay, so in each of these, in each of these saboteurs, he explains like, how, why, why these behaviors, attitudes, thoughts, feelings exist. Okay. So when I did mine, it's a big surprise, <laughs> such a surprise. Kirsten's a pleaser mm. followed closely by an achiever. Mm -hmm. Right. So I just want to say my achiever, my pleaser and achiever. And so the pleaser tries to earn attention and acceptance by helping others. You know, that was one of my last. It was my second to last. It's so funny. That's what I'm saying. It's totally opposite. It's Karina cracking me up. together, make a complete human. <laughs> um, and, and this is a very indirect way to get your needs met uh -huh. for connection, for belonging. It's mm -hmm. an indirect way to get your needs met. And he says, Shirzad says, and he gives a little bit of information about all of these, that it's fed by two assumptions that you created for yourself in your childhood. Mm -hmm. One is that I have to put other people's needs before my own mm -hmm. and that I have to give love and affection to get love and affection. Mm -hmm. So those are the stories that I tell myself. Sure. And at this point in my life, like, I don't believe those stories. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I do not believe that story is true. But I often find myself acting in that way. Sure. Right? That everybody and, and and also I think for me too, I really do have a value around service. Yeah. Like it is an important part of mission in my life. Like why is it that I'm here? It gives me meaning. Sure. So sometimes my values and that story really can create a nuclear bomb. Yeah. Right? It can really sabotage sabotage me. you totally sabotage me and so then what so now what so now you know this and you're in a situation at work where you've taken on way too what? much Crane, i don't know what you're talking and about you've, your calendar is so stacked what? that you've got it. appointments that there's no you know, time to days, go to the bathroom and i only have time yeah, to eat popcorn you can't do anything except <laughs> shove popcorn in your mouth and continue to type and and, and you come and you stop and you go wait why am I self-sabotage? I holy mm -hmm. crap. Mm -hmm. This is my saboteur. 
forcing me to do these things. What do you, how do you counter that? How does the, how do you flip into the sage mode? Yep. So that is putting your hand on a hot stove, right? You put your hand on a hot stove and you're like, ow, this really hurts, right? The question is how long you leave your hand on the stove, Yeah. right? How long are you, are you willing to experience that pain? Yeah. Hopefully not long, right? Hopefully not. Hopefully you're like, ooh, hand off. Yeah. And then talk about the 10 second thing, Karina. Well, he says that you're, you're that, those, the emotion that you recognize Mm -hmm. in yourself when you identify that you're actually sabotaging what, you know, what you want or your goals or your needs lasts about 10, is useful to you for about 10 seconds. Like that's. Think about putting your hand on that stove. 10 seconds is a pretty long time, frankly. Yeah. But he's like, sit, you know, sit with that for about 10 seconds. And anything more than that, any more rumination or grinding or making yourself feel like crap about whatever it is you're doing is no longer helpful. It's a waste of your time. It's a waste of your time. And you got to. God knows I hate to waste time. Flip into what am I going to do about it? You take your hand off the stove. You start with body awareness. You start with mental awareness. And you get curious about what is really true in the situation and what am I telling myself Mm -hmm. and how can I get the sage in the driver's seat, right? So in your case, how would we do that? You're in the middle of a frenetic day Mm -hmm. and you're pleasing everyone around you, but you're Mm -hmm. at the detriment of your own Mm -hmm. whatever, mental health, let's say. And it's three o'clock and you still have a long list to do. And it's a you know beautiful day outside. What do you do? How do you get the sage in the driver's seat? So first of all, I do have to stop. Yeah. Right. I have to stop. And I practiced this a couple of times this week since we've been working on this episode. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking about the sage. Right. And, you know, we've got all these awareness exercises that we've talked about through all these 90 some episodes. Yeah. Way to throw that in. Yeah. Well, seriously. No, of course. So sometimes I get up from my desk and I walk out of the door because I free myself from that. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I might even just walk around the office, get a glass of water and kind of pull myself together. Oftentimes when I get in that situation, I have gotten myself in a fix that I cannot solve in five minutes. Mm hmm. So it requires longer term planning. Sure. So I just what I usually do is just triage and do my best, right? And recognize and just take away the negative emotions that I'm feeling. I'm like, okay, I'm not, I'm gonna do these four things now. Here's the fire. These four things are gonna wait. I'm gonna call these clients and let them know this is gonna happen tomorrow. I'm gonna call this person and say, I can't make this meeting because I have to do this. I'm just gonna triage. It sucks. Yeah. It sucks, but at least I'm doing something about my problem as opposed to just being pissed off that I created it. Right. Okay, so you are the controller, as you no, said. I, I want to move to the controller. I know. And I'm that's con- such a good one. I'm going to control this conversation. Oh, my God. Here we go. Well, no, but You're going to ask me something hard? No, I'm I not. I do it. I don't. I just feel like that is, I mean, so you're, you get, your saboteur leads you into situations that are, there's not a quick fix, no. right? You can't Mm-mm. just look at the situation and go, I'm a people pleaser, which I kind of, I, I mean, I hate that, but I, I, I will use that. I am trying to, what is your, your saboteur is people pleaser. There's people pleaser closely followed by the achiever. Okay. So, oh my God, I am trying to achieve all of these things and please people along the way. Mm-hmm. And I have now cl- cluttered my entire day, maybe week, maybe month with appointments and expectations that are unrealistic. 
when you can see that, when you start feeling those negative emotions, you can stop and say, this isn't happening to me. I created this. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to figure out how to impact it in the moment Mm -hmm. and then try to apply these lessons long-term. Yes. And the act of stopping and changing how you're thinking about the situation and changing what you're going to be doing actually gets your brain out of saboteur, changes the blood flow to Mm -hmm. the positive emotions. So then you're being proactive. Then you're going to obviously maybe even be more creative. You're going to care for yourself more. You're going to have more fun doing the tasks mm-hmm. and you're not going to be resentful that you're stuck in that situation. Yes. And I, cause I do have to be in my higher brain because to get out of that situation that I got myself in and not get in again, yeah. I have to really be aware over the next week or two weeks or month or frankly forever. Yeah. Like I have to not do the things that I'm inclined to do all of the time yeah. to stay out of those places. You have to catch yourself in the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, when the, um, when the, when the, when the new client call comes in and I have said to everybody, I'm not taking any new clients. And then I start talking to this person. I think to myself, Oh, I can help them in like 20 minutes. I'll go ahead and do that because that's a good thing to do. Like right. it's a good thing to right. do. It's like, it's, you know, it's not a bad intention, right? but then finding out, you know, this is a much bigger issue and I've gotten myself in way too deep three weeks later. Right. And Sherzad's saying in that moment when the new client call comes in, mm-hmm. challenge yourself. My self-worth is not directly tied to my ability to serve this person. Right. My self-worth is directly tied, you know, like my needs are, Sage, get in the driver's seat. Kirsten, yep. your needs are to care for yourself and have a little bit of space in your day and not be, you know, tied to all of these clients. Not to overpromise. Not to overpromise. And overcommit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But my sage has to be in, when my, like, now that he is, now. She? That, no, Shirzad. Oh. Now that Shirzad. I was thinking your sage no, no. was a man and I was like, fuck. No, no. She, screw that. Okay. Absolutely not. Okay, sorry. She's, she's a check all the way. <laughs> okay. All the way. Sorry, here he, Shirzad, the guy, <clears throat> the dude. Once he provided this paradigm or this system to think about this, about, you know, the sage and the saboteur. Yeah. It really is lovely to just think about your sage with you all the time. Yeah. Right. With you, kind of your higher thinking. Like I said, like this last these last 10 days or so I've been since we've been working on this episode. Yeah. I've been thinking about her. She's lovely. She's lovely. She's so calm. And she can care for you. She's wonderful. Yeah. The sage. The sage. Well, my three were controller, stickler and hyper rational. Sounds like fun at a party, doesn't it? (laughs) 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 I'm not kidding. And I will say to everyone who's going to do this and have these same thoughts. Every time I read this, I go, oh, dear God, really? First of all, I am so much more than this. I am not simply these things. You know, I it, these kinds of tests put us in a box. And for me, usually make me feel like crap about myself because I'm a controller and I want to have, you know, I want to control <laughs> everything at all times. But, you know, in reading them, it was inter- it is interesting. It is very interesting. But I want to acknowledge that it's hard for me to read some of these things. Because I don't want to be labeled. Mm. You know? Yes. I just don't. Yeah. No, I get it. And I certainly don't want to be labeled by someone else. See, I... Even though he did a dang good job He did a dang good job. I find the spotlight on the thing as super helpful. The focus on it, bringing it to my attention so clearly. Yeah. Very, very helpful. That's how I look at that. I don't look at it as a label. 
I look at it as a t- like an analysis, right? Like look under the microscope, yeah. make it bigger so you can see the little thing that's hard to see. I know. And the reason, see, now this is what's so funny is I interpret it this way because I'm hyper rational. <laughs> I just said that was one of my three, right? So my hyper rational saboteur is it has intense so and exclusive focus on the rational processing of everything, right? Like I am. So the whole microscope thing, like. Oh. Making an analogy, creating an analogy between your personality trait and a microscope does not work. No, and I, it's so funny. You're like, that's weird, Kirsten. You can't even see your personality trait in a microscope. Why would you say that? Even I'm like, listen, I am hyper-rational, critical, and controlling, and um, and a stickler. And it is funny, though. Like, I'm cribblingly linear. I want to know where we're at. I want to know where we're going. Cribblingly I want... linear. That's... I am. I'm, you know, rational and not distracted true. necessarily by my, my feelings. But, um, you know, my controller, for instance, is one, you know, one of my top three. And I can say that for whatever reason, I do feel like, you know, I, I am much more comfortable in charge, you know, and I would have blamed, blamed external forces for that. Oh yeah. People always put me in charge. I'm pretty sure I put myself there because I'm very comfortable. And Mm -hmm. frankly, now as a grown up, I'm really good at it. I think I'm a phenomenal leader, but the saboteur in me that the, is the control not lead. Right. And so Shirzad is saying when I was reading this, like that I have this, I, I need to know that I have a strong energy to take charge and, and that serves me well in certain situations. I have, like I said, I've elevated to leadership positions and I feel like I do a dang good job at it. But in a situation that I don't need to control, I need to listen, you know, mm-hmm. well, maybe I don't need to control every, any situation, but my saboteur is the only way this is going to get done is if I do it. The only way that this is going to get done right is if I tell everyone what to do, mm-hmm. right? And I need to my get my sage in the driver's seat sometime and say, "Wait a minute, a be- something beautiful can happen out of this chaos. Let it let it go, let it be." These conversations that are happening, even though we're off topic and off agenda, are, are gonna, very valuable. Are very valuable and going to lead to something. The staff standing around chatting about their weekend, you know, doesn't mean we're wasting salaries right now you don't have to control that and that's where you know again for me my learning is about like and that's kind of the in the moment stuff it is it's the sage in the driver's seat right it gets the sage in the driver's Mm -hmm. seat like whoa 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 krina let Kirsten ramble on about whatever the heck it is she wants you know, to say. You have no idea at the end of this thing, like because- maybe 20 minutes later, there might be something in it. <laughs> because you don't have to control every single thing that we talk about on this podcast. No. So that for me is, you know, that is one of the big ones. And I would say stickler's kind of the same thing. Like my stickler um, saboteur is this like need for order and organization. And, and, and again, I think it's a great thing. It's a superpower of mine until... It's overused. It's overused. Until it's driven by negative feelings That's and right. anxiety yeah. and stress. Yes. Yeah. So when mm-hmm. I'm, you know, constantly frustrated because everybody is, you know, because things are in chaos, I need to check my saboteur and say, wait, wait, whoa, whoa. This is, yeah. you know, likely okay and and you know, frankly, you don't have to do whatever, you know. So this is the point, I think, is if you find out what yours are, listener, by taking this test 
then you can start. And my guess is you're not going to be surprised. Yeah. You're, like, of course, I mean, I just really think you're not going to be surprised. Well, if you're if you're like me, though, you might be upset that someone's trying to put a label on you. But it's worth it because then you do get to kind of mm-hmm. understand. Oh, Examine wow. these things. And it, what is interesting, too, is like not only do I get to learn a little bit more about myself, I get reminded of this very fact that I think I need reminding of, which is not everybody is seeing things the same way you are. Mm-hmm. Not everybody is responding the same way you are so your saboteur may be getting in the way of what you truly want out of your job out of your life out of your work etc and it may also be not serving you in your relationships with your coworkers, with your boss with your mm-hmm. with your people yeah it's this um Shirzad tells I watched a TED talk that he did which is really wonderful which I also recommend and I'll put in the show notes but he tells this he starts off the TED Talk by showing these pictures of these little kids. There's this little baby girl, and he says, she's smiling, and he says, look at her. Look at her wondrous smile and the wondrous way she sees the world. She knows that she is amazing, right? And then he shows this picture of this little probably 18-month-old boy whose blonde hair is sticking straight up. And he says, this little boy, he knows how amazing he is with every standing up hair on his fabulous head, right? Mm-hmm. And what Shirzad really wants for us is for us to find our wondrous, amazing self and not listen to the saboteur that tells us we can't, we're bad, we're stressed, we're anxious. But to really have this memory of our wondrous, amazing self, how we came into this world. Yeah. And it's almost like when I listened to his TED Talk, I was like, oh, wow, he wants us to be on a journey back to our wondrous self mm-hmm. that we somehow lose along the way. Yeah. Right. Yes. And so I was like, so in some ways he's got this great system and you figure out about you know you identify and learn and who are you and why did this happen but at the end of the day it's about something much bigger yeah right which is where's your wondrous self yeah and love it and getting i love that and getting back to you you know you just did that list i can't i won't i shouldn't Mm -hmm. you know and just changing it getting back to you Mm -hmm. i can i deserve i will i I should i I want Mm -hmm. i desire and having all of those things be what drives your mm-hmm. behavior mm-hmm. rather Drives than yourself, right? Yeah. 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 Yep. Um, okay then. Okay. That's it then. I got nothing Thanks. else. I mean, Thanks, that is, I just that. got, and I'm picturing these babies and I want to be that. And you want to be that. You want to find, get, find your way back to I want to get back Absolutely. to that beautiful, lovely, wonderful, deserving, mm-hmm. amazing self mm-hmm. and have that be the story I lead within my brain. So we're suggesting www.positivethinking.com test and i'll i'll put the ted talk in the show notes because it's fabulous yeah rock on sisters thanks for listening take care bye krina and kirsten get to work is recorded and produced by yours truly krina hoyer and kirsten Barron. find all of our episodes anywhere you listen to podcasts you can also find us on youtube facebook twitter instagram on our website or email us at you get to work at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 